0: Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Critically Uncritical Show with Inez Bai. Welcome. It's been a couple of weeks since I posted my last podcast episode and I just want to set the intention and set the record straight with how I'm going to be approaching this podcast because essentially... What I really want to have it is a platform where I can speak more deeply towards topics or have a conversation around something that I'm seeing or talking about a lot with my clients, for example, and really honoring my design as a manifesting generator. If you don't know your human design, then what are you doing and how are you even making any decisions? But really honoring that inconsistency that is actually a part of my human design, which is like, I'm just going to do things when they feel fun or when I feel the urge to do it and fully give myself permission to just switch off and go away from this platform for a couple of weeks and then come back on. And it's really cool to see that like whenever I come on, I really have the same sort of audience. So I really appreciate each one of you who are still watching and learning and growing alongside with me. And if you are enjoying these podcast episodes, then I always really value your feedback and you can send me a DM on Instagram and let me know if you're enjoying it or what you're enjoying about it. And even if you feel so inclined, you can leave a five-star rating, um, five stars, <laughs> only five stars. You can leave whatever star rating, to be honest, it all counts Or and you can leave a review, you can follow me. All of those things really help to support um, the podcast and help the content keep rolling. So for today, I wanted to talk about a requested topic. I did a poll on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago and it went off. A lot of people wanted to hear about my journey of being sober curious, damp living however we want to phrase it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my journey and what's happened I guess to lead me to making such a choice and a decision and um, I guess some tips for you as well if you're interested about it or if you're like oh I don't really like my drinking habits or anything like that and we'll just have a really honest discussion All about being sober or just kind of, as I said, damp living, which is essentially drinking a little bit less. So I'm going to, as I said, explain it a little bit more deeply. Before we get started, I wanted to announce something really exciting. For those of you that are following me on Instagram, you will always get the first updates of everything that's going on in my life and my business. But I wanted to share with you as well, my podcast community, that at the end of February, I will be launching Money Magnet. Now, this is a course to help you to let go of guilt and anxiety Anxiety and worry with money, with earning money, saving money, asking for pay rises, setting your prices if you're a business owner as well, so that you can start attracting more money, a- attracting abundance in other forms as well. Yes, from your job. Yes, from your business, but also opening yourself up to all of life's abundance in life a fiscal way um, and start being able to save more. And for this with this program, what I was really finding lacked in the coaching space, the personal development space and even like financial coaching was that everyone talks about how important it is to save and how you need to be smart with your money and how like good it is to invest. Everyone puts so much emphasis on this. And yet there is nothing really tangible to teach us how to actually do that. Like, how do I actually manage my finances? Because using a spreadsheet, tracking all of my expenses, figuring out my incomings and outgoings all the time like that for me is not sustainable and it also doesn't allow me to be in flow feel good about money, feel safe about money and then we have everything that underpins that which is like yeah you can give me the best budgeting plan in the world but if my mindset and my beliefs don't match with what it is that you're trying to teach me then it's all just going to go in one ear and out the other ear so this is why I've developed this program because we that will then get to the root of the cause of what's stopping you, what's blocking you from being able to earn more money, to save more money, um, to charge more in your business, that kind of thing, so that you can then create a really tailored and specific solution to the block that you are having with your money and make it much more simple and in flow. So if you're interested in joining this Money Magnet program, send me a DM, DM on Instagram and just send me a message and say, hey, I'm interested in Money Magnet. Can you let me know more about the program? We are in early bird at the moment, which saves you $200. And that early bird is going to end at Monday, the 22nd at 6 p.m. of February. Keep in mind 2022. If you're watching, li- listening to this way in the future, then I am impressed. So let's get started in terms of my like journey of sobriety that has been highly requested. Um, So I would say last year I went on Roaccutane for my skin. And for those of you that don't know, it's like an, um, a medication for acne. It's got a pretty big kind of no, like it's it's got like a stigma around it, I guess, for being like quite a hectic drug in a way because um, it can have lots of side effects and that kind of thing, um, And which I'll explain a little bit more as well. I'm going to give some updates on my Instagram because I know there was a lot of people interested in how I was going with that as well. Um, but when I started taking that, I one of the biggest things that I noticed was that my tolerance for alcohol was so much lower and I actually had one really big night coming out of lockdown where I did get quite drunk and I got a little bit excited. I really didn't drink that much during lockdown, so I didn't really notice it that much. And I think because it was like the first dinner that I had with friends and coming out of lockdown and I hadn't been to like a pub in ages I just kind of like forgot what I was doing or how to drink you know what I mean we all have those nights like let's humanize and normalize this experience and I just got so so hungover the next day I honestly was asking my partner to take me to the hospital because I had literally never felt like that like I have had some partying times in my life, let it be known, like I definitely when I was younger and we'll cover this a little bit more, would drink a lot more to kind of deal with anxiety and feeling insecure and everything like that. And I'm really proud to say that I've definitely moved through that and I had a much healthier relationship with alcohol. But I think just having this like one night where, you know, I wasn't drinking more than any of my friends were, but really because I was on Roaccutane, it just... Affected me a lot more than everyone else. And because it was like a new drug that I was taking, I didn't really know how it was going to impact my body and that kind of thing. Anyway, being so hungover the next day to the point of feeling literally poisoned, I was just so. Basically traumatized from that experience. Like it wasn't like that hangover where I was like, oh, I just have a bit of a headache and I'm really tired and I feel a bit sick. It was like debilitating, lying in bed all day, couldn't eat anything. My body felt like 10,000 kilos and I was like, this is not worth it. I don't want to spend another day in my life feeling like this because it's never worth it, right? You never are like, oh... I'm so glad that I'm this hungover. I'm so glad that I'm spending a whole day in bed feeling sick and then having to get up the next day. Like I literally remember when I woke up on the Monday, I felt like I came up for air and I was like, oh my God, I feel back to normal. And I just was like, wow, I just never want to put myself in that situation. So this whole like sober, cutting down my drinking decision um, or journey, I guess, that I've been going down really came off the back of going on Roaccutane and taking a new medication and so but also it was something that I'd been thinking about for a while because as I said if we go all the way back to like the early days of me drinking I think where it started off was I was young for my year so all of my friends turned 18 in like the October November kind of time before We finished school, so they were all kind of like going out for ages, going clubbing, like at schoolies, they were all going out drinking and that kind of stuff. And I, they would buy, you know, when we were at schoolies and stuff, they would buy us alcohol and everything like that. So it's not like I didn't drink at all, but I think... Experiencing all of my friends turning 18 before I did made me feel really excluded and like this massive sense of FOMO that you really don't know how to deal with when you're like a 17 year old. So I think once I did turn 18 in the February after we finished school, so, you know, you finish school in like November, then you go to school, it's like there's a lot happening. So when I finally turned 18, like three or four months after all my friends and having seen them all going out and seemingly enjoying all of this time, like clubbing, and whatever, I just had no sense of like moderation. I just was like so excited to get out there and get clubbing and start drinking and ordering drinks and all that kind of thing. And I just like didn't know how to drink. Like I hadn't really been taught by my parents. My parents never let me drink before I turned 18 either, which is like completely fine because obviously that is the law. Um, but it just meant that as soon as I was able to access alcohol, I had never had any experience of seeing it in moderation like it's not like when I was younger my parents didn't really drink like to excess I like I didn't have any sort of like negative experience I really think it was just um The fact that I felt so excluded that once I got to go out in the world and make my own decisions, I didn't have like any scale of how to like know what was too much or what was too little. And so I spent a lot of being 18, being very hungover, drinking way too much, going to my part time job at, I think I was like a nanny and um, also working at Baker's Delight as well, and just like having no concept, which sounds so like silly because obviously once you get hungover once, or once you have like a really big night and you have to get driven home by your friends or something. You think that you would learn from your mistakes, but it's one of those things where you just like don't, because obviously when you drink, you can't make decisions from a, the right place in your brain. Like you lose your inhibition. So it just consistently happened to me. And couple that with as well, feeling like very insecure when I was growing up. I was super, super anxious all through high school. Very insecure, often felt excluded or like I was an outsider trying to poke my way into the friendship circles and even though like reflecting on that time I think a lot of my friends would have been like no we loved you and we thought you were great value and you know you were part of the friendship circle I think I just put a lot of pressure on myself to show up in a certain way or to be funnier or to be louder when in reality I'm not the loudest person I'm not like um I don't like need to be the center of attention and I'm also not a massive like group person like I'm much more of like a one on one kind of person so when I'm in group situations I do like to kind of sit back and allow other people to kind of lead the conversation and share their stories and just kind of like go with the flow but I again I didn't you don't know how to like deal with that feeling when you're 16 17 18 and so putting all this pressure on myself to turn up in a certain way and be a certain way, you know, and this is a lot of what stemmed my um, or like spurred on my disordered eating, because I thought if I showed up a certain way and I looked skinnier, then I would be more acceptable and even more liked and more like included because that was like a big thing for me. So coupled with all of these things that are going on in my head, it was just a very easy escape on the weekends or when I was with my friends to kind of be like, oh, well, I'll just drink. And like then I won't think about the fact that I'm self-conscious of my body or I don't think about being anxious or being too loud I just will be drunk and not thinking about anything which is obviously not a healthy mindset to be in but it was the way I guess that I would cope and I wouldn't say it was like a problem that I had but it was an easy way to feel better in those social situations as well Um, so that kind of happened for like a couple of years where like I would often go out and just get really really lit and come back and you know regret it but feel like I didn't really have any control over it but it was really just happening in social situations and I think You know, I can sit here and blame myself or be upset about it, but also it's a product of the society we are brought up in in Australia. It's very, very normalized to binge drink. I think a lot of people drink way more than what they even realize because it's been so normalized in Australia, especially, you know, where I grew up in Sydney, and we just don't even realize the sheer volume of drinks and how much life revolves around drinking, which is like a huge journey that I've been through with not drinking as much and I think, you know, just to kind of give a little bit of a hint to the future and how it's going for me now, I guess I thought it would affect my life more than it has. And when you're drinking a lot and you're around a lot of people that are drinking, you think it's going to be like impossible to not have drinking as part of your like. Social tools to like hang out with people or go out to dinner or go out for a drink or whatever it might be, um, because that's kind of like the people that I surrounded myself when I was younger. And I'm really talking like 18, 19, 20. But um, the thing is, is that if people only want to hang out with you when they're drinking, then they're not really your friends. And essentially, you're both just enabling one another to be basically taking on a habit that isn't actually serving your higher self. So when I was about 20 and I was getting more into the gym and more into fitness and health, I was still really struggling with my disordered eating and As I was 20 and kind of, as I said, really getting into my fitness, it was very extreme. Like a lot of the stuff that I was doing was not eating carbs and like cutting down to really low calories and like cutting out whole food groups and just like being very intense with my exercise. And I definitely saw that spill out into my alcohol consumption because I like wouldn't drink because I was like I'm being healthy and I'm being clean and I'm being good in air quotes but then if I did go out or I did like allow myself a wild weekend that same sort of extreme black or white mindset would be there with my drinking and I would just go balls to the wall and get really really drunk and then be like oh my god I feel so bad so many calories I'm obviously really hungover like I feel really badly about my body all of these kinds of things And that habit, that pendulum stayed with me for so long, probably until I was about 24, 25, when I started to really heal my relationship with eating, with food, with exercise. And I began to figure out what it actually meant to have more of a middle ground and to exist within the grays rather than being so black and white, like with food and drinking and everything like that. And as I began to recover with my relationship with food and body, I began to figure out other things in life that made me feel more fulfilled. So that meant when I went out on the weekends or when I was drinking, I didn't feel as anxious. I didn't feel as like stressed out by my life or by myself because I started discovering who I was, especially without this constant worry and pressure of like looking a certain way or whatever it might mean. So I I started noticing really naturally as I started to focus on satisfying myself and getting to know who I was and chasing after my dreams and building my business, really naturally drinking became less interesting to me and I poured less energy into it. And I started to yeah focus my time on things that were actually really important. And really the catalyst for that was, as I said, healing my relationship with food. And that's really been a metaphor for my life now of existing within the grays, because I know how shitty it feels when you try to do it all or nothing and be really extreme with yourself. It just doesn't lead to any good outcome that you think it's going to. Like if you do anything extreme, then you're gonna have to keep up with that extreme behavior in order to get that extreme outcome. Like, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too, but can you, but like, no. So as I, yeah, and then as I was kind of. like mid 20s 25 26 i got very into personal development and really started to come out of my shell feel a lot more confident this was about the time that i launched my business and started showing up on social media i came out as well which is obviously a huge piece of who i am that i'd been kind of bottling up for a really long time and so a lot of the puzzles started fitting together and i began to find drinking a lot already was kind of like not serving me as much as I would like to. And I would often have experiences where I'd be going out and like just drinking because everyone else was or drinking because that's what people were doing or you know what I mean? Or like that was what the expected thing was to be doing. And I think it's so easy to get swept up in, oh, well, I'll just do it because everyone else is like you don't even do it consciously. And even when I was like 26, 27, because I just turned 28 now as well. I was a very conscious and like self-aware, emotionally mature, I would say, person because that's kind of what I coach and that's what I teach. And I'm always upgrading my knowledge and in, uh, I'm, I'm a client as well as I was kind of like in that thing, like I was consciously being like, oh, I don't really want to be doing this. But then like something would shift in my body when I was around people or in certain situations. And because there was no like real clear reason as to like why I didn't want to drink as much and everyone around me was like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, let's do it. Let's meet for a drink. I was like, oh, well, I don't want to miss out on this. Right. And so there wasn't really a a need to kind of like stop it. And for me, I've never been the kind of person that needs to stop things. Like I think there are two types of people in the world. I think there are people that can practice moderation and that can have like a little bit of chocolate or a little bit of, I don't know, whatever it might be. But some people really do need to have more like abstinence right where they're just like okay I can either drink or I can't drink for example like maybe this is like a really shitty example but you know what I mean like there are some people that just get really addicted to smoking and they either like smoke or they can't smoke but then there might be some people that smoke like every couple of times or whatever when they're just like out and it doesn't make them addicted to it like I think there are definitely a couple of different personality types where some people do find it easier to have moderation. Whereas some people actually really like abstinence and that's totally fine as well. Obviously in certain scenarios, like I think if you're full on just cutting out carbs because you're like, oh no, I can't be healthy with them. Then like, that's obviously unhealthy. So like check what it is that you're doing and ask yourself, is it really necessary to fully cut like a food group out or cut, I don't know, whatever out because you're Worried about the negative impacts of it. Like sometimes it's not, but I just think it's important to kind of note that because there are definitely some people that don't drink because it really doesn't serve them and they really struggle no matter what they do to have that sense of balance. Whereas me now, for the past, you know, even this year, I've had two glasses of champagne, but it's not like I feel the need to have any more and it's not like i'm like oh that was hard for me to kind of like balance or whatever i just had a couple of glasses of champagne with my family for my birthday which was really lovely but for the first time in i can even remember this year turning 28 on the actual day of my birth i didn't drink anything and i can't remember the last time that i actually did that and i think for me like as i continue to go with this journey of like drinking a lot less inevitably and people always get really arced up when I say this but inevitably when you don't drink you find other ways that are better for you to spend your time because now you're not just going to go to um, a restaurant at like 5 p.m and drink the night away and blah 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 like yes that can be good quality time don't get me wrong but also like how beautiful is going on like a sunset walk with your bestie and then having them come over and watching movies with them and Being sober and having really deep chats with them, regardless, like it's kind of. And I've been to like a few events sober as well. I actually spoke about this on the podcast a while ago, but probably about two or three years. And this was kind of when I was like in that phase of like, oh, drinking doesn't really serve me, but lots of people are doing it. I remember I went to this event by myself. It was like a mental health event with Lululemon, and there was the option to drink there. Like they had beers and cider and whatever. And I was just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna drink because then I'll feel more relaxed. And I caught myself in that thought process. And I was like, is that really a good reason to drink? Or can I challenge myself to be a little bit courageous here? And when we're being courageous, it often feels really uncomfortable to just like sit with this feeling of discomfort and practice being the kind of person that I think alcohol will help me to be and just like be that kind of person without alcohol. And I have to say a little caveat here, like that's easy for me to do because I'm not like addicted to the feeling of drinking. And I had done a lot of work up until that point to get really comfortable of just being, I wasn't really comfortable, but more just really like self-aware of my thought process and like comfortable to the point where I was like, okay, I I can trust myself to hold myself in this space of when I'm really uncomfortable so I think like obviously if you're really struggling with drinking and it's something that you like can't put down or you keep getting caught in really bad cycles with it like that's not where I've come from I've, I've never been addicted to drinking or I don't really drink by myself ever or I don't really feel like it's caused um, like deep-seated issues in my life. However, I think there's something to be said for like giving up something before it gets really bad. Like why wait until I'm fully reliant on something or something really bad happens because of alcohol, to be honest. And I think even though it's forced me to kind of like inspect or investigate a lot of areas of my life. It's also created a lot of space for like opportunities and new friendships. Like you would have seen a couple of weeks ago that I went on a sober weekend away in the central coast here in Sydney. And like, I would never have been invited on that if I wasn't someone that's like, you know, I I would say that I'm more like damp living, even though I drink like maybe once a month, if even that. Um, And that was a really fun experience to get to just like hang out with people and, you know, you you literally do all of the same things. Like it's not like we went to bed heaps early and no one had fun or, you know, we actually had some like really deep chats and we went out and we ate food and we um, like still like had a good nights and everything like that. Like it's all the same, but then you don't wake up feeling anxious and hungover the next day. You don't wake up feeling regretful or not remembering what you did or just not feeling like great. And for me, like I just think that the – every time that I've stayed sober, like, say, for example, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to drink tonight, like in the past. I've always been really happy with that decision. But every time that I've like drunken, I'm like, oh, like, did I really need to do that? Like, I would say, like, there's been a few times in my life where I'm like, yeah, that was like worth it. But so many more times, like way, way, way more often have I regretted it or felt like I could have done better in that situation. And I think just removing alcohol gives you the opportunity to Show up in a better way and think a little bit more outside of the box instead of just following this trend that's huge in Australia of like drinking at every single event. And this is another tip in terms of like, you know, damp living or being sober is what I've really found. And I would never have considered this until I kind of stopped drinking is so often when you're craving a drink, and again, take this with a grain of salt because I'm not speaking from like an alcoholic standpoint, I'm speaking from just someone that. Casually drank and didn't really find found find it served her. Often when you're craving a drink, it's like not even the fact that you want to feel the alcohol, but it's just like you want to enjoy the drink and sit there and experience it and like the ritual around it. And I recently bought some of that alcohol-free alcohol free alcohol like alcohol free spirit by like liars or something like that and it literally smells like alcohol but it just like obviously doesn't have any alcohol in it and I'll often not often every now and again make cocktails with it and we just buy the mixes from that Mr. Consistent brand and I sip it and I'm like this is all I need like I just wanted something nice to sip I just wanted a reason to like sit down have a chat with my partner or a friend or whatever it might be it's less even about like actually getting drunk and I think what a lot of people respond back to that is, oh, but I I do use it to relax and it is a really good way for me to wind down To which I understand and I so like, I remember this one time that is so vivid in my memory. I was flying home from Europe by myself. I must've been early twenties and I was on the plane from Hong Kong. Like I'd stopped in Hong Kong and I was flying to Sydney and the turbulence was so bad and I was literally shitting bricks. And um, the, the flight attendant came over and was like, do you want a drink? And I was like, hand me a gin and tonic. And I remember sipping it. And instantly, my whole body was like relaxed, and I could just like feel it going through all of my blood veins. But, (laughs) and so that relaxed me, and so I get it. But if I was in that situation again, I wouldn't drink. Like I can say that with my hand on my heart, because even though I would be scared, I would think about how else can I make myself feel relaxed? Because really, it's just cheating the system and any sort of immediate. Benefit that you get, you're gonna to have to pay for in the end. So, I'm gonna get off the flight and feel dehydrated and a bit shitty, and probably won't sleep as well on the plane, you know, if I do get any sleep, because even one or two drinks can massively affect your sleep. Even if you feel like you're actually sleeping, your sleep quality is way, 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 way less better. And it can also cause you to have insomnia and struggle to actually fall into a deep sleep, which is how you recover and how you actually feel. Well rested, which is why even when you like sleep in and have a big sleep after drinking, you still feel a bit off because that quality of sleep wasn't quite up there. Like if I was in that stressful situation again, and I am often in stressful situations because, you know, things going on with relationships or um, my business or whatever it might be like, there's always lots of things going on. I'm a human being, as with anyone, like there's obviously stressful things that happen in my life. Or I happened to be on a plane where it was really turbulent and I was freaking out. I'm always asking myself, like, what can I do with myself to make myself feel calm? And, you know, it might be so many different things. It might be like going for a swim or listening to a meditation or talking to someone who's close by me or who understands or reading my book or even just like acknowledging the thoughts in my head and trying to figure out what it is that's actually making me stressed and neutralizing those thoughts and feelings. And again, that's a practice that I have been working on a lot in terms of being able to identify where is this fear coming from okay what is this fear linked to what belief is that there and by doing that you can then really use the the anxiety as a moment to learn something about yourself and then actually heal it rather than continuously putting this band-aid over the top of it of like oh just drink to not feel this and then I, I will in air quotes kind of feel better I would say one of the most helpful things with not drinking has been that my partner doesn't drink with me, which is like so helpful. And we're just so on the same wavelength because on the weekend, it's not like if we ever go out to dinner, we'll just get a mocktail. And this is what I mean about most of the time when you want to drink, getting a drink that tastes good or tastes like alcohol, like does the trick. And you're like, oh, great. Because I think a lot of people think that alcohol and getting a bit drunk can make the situation more fun or you get a bit more tipsy which to that again I always say like well then be like that without alcohol like have more fun be more goofy be more playful be more silly without drinking like you're obviously able to be that version of yourself alcohol doesn't make you a better person alcohol just relaxes you so you allow your true self to come out and this is what a lot of people don't realize they think that when you drink it gives you superpowers but in reality it's just it's just taking away that like level of feeling worried or inhibition that's stopping you from being able to express your true self like you can be all of those things without having to drink you can experience everything that you want to experience without having to drink as well so even if it's not like your partner but maybe it's like a friend or just someone that you can talk to about it that's like keen to drink is like a massive help look at um, mocktails that you can make and there's so many alcohol-free drinks that you can buy these days like and you would be surprised at how good a lot of them are. And again, how I said they kind of like hit the mark and you're like, yep, that's actually really satisfying. I have just found this journey like really interesting. I'm not sure what the future is going to look like for me in terms of like how I'm going to drink. And I'm definitely not one of those people that does need to like fully Abstain from it and never drink again kind of thing. But I think for me, it's not about a long-term plan. And I think that's what gets a lot of people caught up. It's like, how do I want to feel this weekend? How do I want to feel tomorrow? How do I just want to feel today? And I just keep choosing, feeling like level-headed, feeling like I can connect with myself, feeling like I'm in control of my feelings and I'm able to like enjoy Everything that I'm doing and remember all of it and feel really intentional with how I'm showing up. And obviously, like there's going to be space where I'm stupid and I'm silly and it's really given me space to like embrace my silly side without having to drink. Like, I just love being stupid. And I again, I think a lot of people think that you need to drink in order to enjoy that. So has this spurred on some thoughts for you? Are you interested in being more sober or cutting down your alcohol consumption? What is stopping you and maybe journaling on that? What kind of fears come up for you when you think about not drinking? And of course, if you want to drink, then you do that as well. Like there is absolutely no judgment here ever. And you everyone's approach to life is going to be different. And as I said, mine was absolutely spurred on because I started taking this new medication and I am halfway through the course of it. I have to take it for six months. So I'll probably reevaluate once I'm off it. But I think if anything, going on this medication has given me a bit of like, a, a more of an, a reason to start and to be curious about drinking and alcohol and like trial run what a life would look like without drinking as much and I have absolutely loved it and that's not an experience that I'll suddenly be able to ignore or forget so I definitely think this has changed my life for the long term which is pretty cool but I would love to hear your thoughts your feedbacks feedbacks or feedback um because yeah, I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on this journey and what they think the culture of drinking is like in Australia and everything like that. So if you want to have a chat or you want some support around this topic as well, then send me a message on Instagram. And if you enjoyed this episode, you want to share it with other people, you think it might be beneficial, send it to a friend, take a screenshot, share it on your stories and tag me. I love seeing that. It's so freaking cool. But thank you for listening to this and thank you for supporting this show.